Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, October 25th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Amazon's third quarter earnings set off a market cap wipeout on Thursday. Boris Johnson is once again pressuring MPs to agree to a general election. Mario Draghi bids farewell to the European Central Bank, and it turns out France is emerging as a hub for tech startups. Plus, left-wing populists are poised to retake power in Argentine elections on Sunday. The FT's Colby Smith explains what this could mean for the country's debt holders. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. $80 billion. That's how much of Amazon's stock market value was wiped out at one point and after hours trading on Thursday. Its shares fell as much as 9% after the e-commerce group reported lower profits in the third quarter of 2019 than it did during the same period last year. Profits were down by $500 million thanks to an increase in spending. Amazon chief executive Jeff Bezos pinned a lot of the costs on gearing up for the holiday season, especially its one-day delivery service for Prime customers. Another spending item came in the form of Amazon's cloud storage business. The company is starting to see infrastructure costs in Amazon Web Services build up as it tries to service a bigger customer base. Meanwhile, Amazon's projected fourth quarter sales were lower than what Wall Street analysts were expecting. Amazon projected between $80 billion and $86.5 billion, while Wall Street had it at $87.4 billion. Boris Johnson has given up hope of getting the UK out of the EU by October 31st. Now he's wading into familiar territory, calling on MPs to support a general election. This poll has been going on for a long time without a majority. Uh, It's refusing to deliver Brexit. It's impossible to deliver legislation. It's time, frankly, that uh, the opposition summoned up the nerve to submit themselves to the judgment of of our collective boss, which is the people of the UK. This is the third time the UK Prime Minister has called for an election. He proposed December 12th as the date. He threatened to freeze his Brexit legislation and turn Westminster into a zombie or a non-functioning parliament if MPs don't approve the poll. But if MPs do agree to an election, Mr. Johnson said he would bring the bill back and give them until November 6th to secure Brexit. But the bait might not work. Last night, opposition parties indicated they would reject the motion for an election, at least until a Brexit extension was guaranteed. And they should find out soon. EU leaders are expected to accept the UK's delay request today, pushing the Brexit deadline back to January 31st of next year. Mario Draghi wrapped up his final monetary policy meeting as president of the European Central Bank yesterday. He left Eurozone interest rates unchanged and stuck to the package of loosening measures he announced last month. The central bank said it wouldn't raise its historically low interest rates until inflation picks up. Christine Lagarde, the former head of the IMF, will take over as president of the ECB next month. And France is picking up steam as a tech startup hotspot. The latest figures show that French startups raised a record amount of money in the first half of 2019. They brought in almost 2.8 billion euros. That was even ahead of what those in Germany did. It appears that the tech ecosystem is benefiting from a couple of things. 
scrapping the wealth tax on all assets besides property, a flat tax on dividends, and most important, according to the tech industry, the creation of a special tech visa. This made it easier for the sector to import talented workers. And here's a story you should know more about. Back in August, Argentina held primary elections with left-wing candidate Alberto Fernandez emerging victorious. Now, with Sunday's general election, it's widely expected that Mr. Fernandez will replace Argentina's current president, Mauricio Macri. FT Markets reporter Colby Smith explains the ripple effect Sunday's elections could possibly have on the local economy and people who hold Argentine debt. When President Macri was elected, he was very much seen as this market-friendly candidate. He quickly, you know, discussed very important structural reforms that needed to take place in the economy. He was seen as one of those candidates that was very attractive for investors. I mean, you had investors clamoring to own a lot of Argentine debt. Macri was able to issue a 100-year bond. And that was seen as, as a big sign that, you know, Argentina had returned to capital markets. And a lot of that had to do with Mr. Macri and his policies. Now, it's a big shift and a lot has happened in the few years that he has been president. In that time, there's been several imbalances in the economy that were cropping up left and right and and leading to a situation that was very difficult to kind of continue on without many more cuts to social spending and a lot of fiscal adjustment. And what that meant was that President Macri had to institute a lot of harsh economic policies. And that has helped, you know, ignite the electorate against him because from their point of view, they're just not doing economically better under him than they were um, under the previous governments. In many ways, they're ready for a change. What exactly does his leadership, what does his leadership mean for these debt holders that came and flocked to Argentina? What what did it do for them? So what happened after uh, President Macri lost decisively in the primary election in August was that the peso sold off um, significantly. You had a lot of the dollar debt sell off as well, and it plunged to prices like 40 cents on the dollar, which is significant because that's a level that investors have said is around where recovery values are. So you have all of this major volatility. And and all this volatility, what happens with the peso is Argentina's debt is largely denominated in foreign currency. And so when the peso sells off against the dollar, what happens is is that that makes the the government's ability to repay that debt very, very difficult. So it was put in a situation where uh, the debt was increasingly looking unsustainable, and it forced President Macri to have to tell investors that, you know, they need more time to repay some of this debt. They announced in August they were going to restructure $101 billion of debt. And now that could be possible. A pretty kind of swift restructuring could take place if the right policies are put in place. And under President Macri, those kind of fiscal policies that are needed to have a pretty easy, straightforward restructuring were very much in line with what he was already doing under the IMF program. With Mr. Macri's expected departure, what does this do to Argentina's relationship with the International Monetary Fund? Well, there are a lot of unknowns there at this point. I mean, one of the big issues right now is that there's very little certainty about what Mr. Fernandez's policies will be if he wins the election on Sunday. And now a big portion of what the IMF has required Argentina to do is to cut down on spending. And so far, he did not campaign on those promises. That was something that was central to President Macri whole administration. And so uh, Mr. Fernandez has gone to great lengths to distance himself from some of those policies. And now 
if he's pushing back on some of the key policies that are included in the IMF program, that could kind of spell trouble for their future relationship. But it seems clear that Argentina does need the IMF. In many ways, the IMF needs Argentina to work out well as uh, also because, you know, it has lent it a record amount of money. It's the biggest program in the fund's history. For this not to go well on their watch would be, uh, you know, a significant hit to the reputation. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasek. We also had help this week from Gavin Coleman and Michael Bruning. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.